All right, hello everybody. Welcome to a special episode of Cody Dad and Uncle Shane's WWE. As today we're taking a little break from the NFL, as next week we'll be back with that. But today we are going to be talking a lot about wrestling and who our favorite superstars were during that time and all this other stuff. As let's get into this episode as Shane, who is our first sponsor. Cody, our first sponsor is going to be uh, Hulk Hogan's hair restoration cream. <laughs> you find yourself at the peak of your popularity, but don't have any hair on the top of your head? Try Hulk Hogan's hair restoration cream. We guarantee it won't work. Back to you, Cody. <laughs> All right. As to start off this show, we are going to talk about when we first started watching it as dad i'm gonna start with you when did you first watch wwe or wwf oh man uh my the, my first memories of wwf had to be um i'm thinking 80 1986 maybe 87 um i mean cable tv wasn't in every household uh, back then um i to me it was uh kind of the equivalent of mtv whenever mtv came out and was a thing i mean that was uh something that uh we connected with back then uh wrestling was on oh, gosh uh, shane connect correct me if i'm wrong here but uh i thought it was on at um friday nights or something i don't, I don't remember it being a thing I think on it was Friday nights weekend. or maybe Saturday nights. It was something like that, right? I like think it was Saturday, Saturday and then they went to Monday after that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, back then, I mean, it was always uh, Hulk Hogan was was the guy, right? And then you had Randy Macho Man Savage, um, the uh, Ultimate Warrior, uh Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Uh, there's uh, Superfly Snooka was one that I always got a kick out of uh, watching. And then the tag team started becoming a thing too, right? Um, some of the uh, matchups there, you had the whole Heart Foundation, and the, there's so many. I mean, there was so much to unpack when you were watching it back then. Um, I guess my biggest takeaway. Uh, in the 80s was uh, the suplex. Uh, that, that, I I think your Uncle James can attest. Uh, he probably was suplexed more than uh, anybody in the, in the modern wrestling era. <laughs> I, uh, I know uh, it, it, uh, his, uh, his landings uh, broke a, a, a box spring or two. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't exactly landing on a wrestling mat, mat that bounced when he fell on it, right? <laughs> we didn't listen. We didn't have any idea back then that it was fake or you know whatever. All we knew was uh, what we saw on TV looked awesome, and uh, being a young, uh, influent, uh, you know, uh, impressionable uh, types, we. Uh, took after it and had to try some of that stuff out. I mean, we, we kind of figured out that, uh, the old DDT was probably high risk, um, and, uh, <laughs> maybe, uh, an elbow drop in the wrong place would, uh, get you 
pretty good whooping from mom or dad, but uh, yeah. this the suplex was kind of a, a nice uh, segue. Look, I wasn't a small kid, and Uncle James was, so um, <laughs> I uh, yeah I I practiced uh, a lot <laughs> on him, and it just so happened, uh, uh, just kind of a funny one of my. Uh, uh, best friends growing up in high school through grade school we were neighbors redheaded kid named jake his brother was also four years younger than him josh and uh yeah together i mean we would i mean james and josh uh were um you know kind of the uh i don't know if you could call them heels but they were kind of the uh, proving grounds for us <laughs> so uh yeah, I mean, gosh, I, the stuff, thank God there wasn't cameras rolling in the living rooms back then. And uh, <laughs> I, I think we'd be in a lot more trouble uh, today. But uh, yeah, there was, uh, we uh, we watched and we repeated. <laughs> or tried to. <laughs> Who knew about all the long-term damage that was happening every time that kid hit the cold, hard floor? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, yeah, well, I guess in a lot of ways you could say we're lucky. We're lucky no one ever got hurt. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I do have this distinct memory, though, because uh, I had the size advantage over Uncle James always. But my buddy Jake... Uh, his younger brother actually had the size advantage over him. And so oh. I, I got called to do that duty. And, and, and he, hit, he hit the couch hard one time. And he, he bit his lip. And, uh, oh, man, it was you had to watch your back for a while because yeah. he was flying in with elbows from anywhere. It didn't matter. Clothes lines. He was gonna get his revenge. <laughs> my, I remember my, uh, a buddy of mine, uh, the neighbor. His name was Mac, and we would wrestle. And I, I don't, I don't know if it was Mac or if it was one of his buddies, but you know, have some friends over, and we're hanging out at his house a lot. We never really hung out at my place. We were down at his all the time. Really into wrestling, and I remember giving somebody a DDT. I guess so. Soon. Is it DDT when you put your arm under, like around his head, and then you go down? It's not yeah. when you go from yeah. the leg. Yeah, right. Boom. <laughs> right. Straight back down. And I remember that kid's noggin hit the ground flush. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Roy, there was dirt stuck on his forehead. I felt so bad because <laughs> during the time I thought I was the king of the world, and then I put it down and. You know, when you hit the ground, you feel like your back is going to hit the ground first. No, this guy was spiked into the ground before any of my body hit the ground. I felt so bad. But, oh, my God, was it? I mean, that was not nothing about that was fake. That's for sure. That you know, that is bell rung. I don't remember really any pinfalls, if you know what I mean. You know, I, I think we always just went for the, the super kick or a super. <laughs> Uh, maybe a drop of the elbow, but one time, okay, um, the, one time I was in, uh, this was middle school, mind you, I was in band in middle school, and uh, 
at the end of class, we were waiting for the bell. And there was a disagreement in the horn section, if you can imagine that. <laughs> and, uh, uh, one of my buddies gave another one of my buddies kind of a judo chop over the shoulders. Yeah. And, uh, well, the guy that got judo chopped went down like a ton of bricks. <laughs> like he passed out. I never seen anything like it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that landed us all in a little bit of hot water. <laughs> yeah, who knew? Who knew? It was, <laughs> but those were the, the glory years, right? When you were a kid, you just started messing around and wanted to emulate those superstars you saw on television. Well, and now when you watch the um, the legends, you know, the stories and you hear – you know, they were watching TV and what they were seeing on, and they they were like, "Oh man, I want to be that guy." I mean, I yeah. guess you know, I you know, had I not lost most of my hair at age twenty three, I probably maybe I could have been one of those. <laughs> could have, would have, should have, right? I don't know. You know, I guess you got to put a little more time in the gym and shoot up, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> it's like, I wasn't on the right path when the hair started falling out. That's all I know. <laughs> So, you know, but with some of the, you know, I remember, uh, I guess, um, there was a, there was a little bit of a lull, maybe, um, seemed like in the early nineties, you know, I would kind of go in and go back out, um, back and forth or whatever. Um, but, uh, the big one was, uh, yeah, Bret Hart. I mean, he, he was, kind of at the top of his game back then it seemed like there was so many superstars right i don't i hear that you know there was only one guy that was always at the top but it always felt like you know there was the good guys and the bad guys so yeah, then it, it like there felt like there was more, more stars back then like i right. don't know it just felt like it plug and play somebody right if if uh, Ultimate Warrior went down, Hogan was waiting in the wings, or Macho Man, you yeah. could just keep sw swapping them in and out. And you never knew, you know, if you didn't see anybody for a couple weeks or months or whatever, you never knew what the reason was. And, uh, um, but, you know, that, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was awesome. I mean, for me, um, you know, after wrestling was, was like uh, – like Skinamax, uh, when, when they had the glow wrestling, the, the yeah. gorgeous ladies. Are, can, can, can you remember that? I mean, yeah, yeah, what. that was uh, those were, you know, ladies in in tights yeah. <laughs> and were 12. I, yeah, I mean, the, the swimsuit section in the Sears and Roebuck catalog was only so deep. I mean, <laughs> 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 And you didn't yeah. have to fool around with the dial on the TV to get it to focus or anything. It was right there in your face. It's like, wow. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, they were trying their best to, to be wrestlers. And uh, it didn't really matter if they were wrestlers or not. <laughs> at some point, they were uh, they were at the right point at the right time. Uh, for all we knew, it was the Playboy channel. <laughs> yeah. <Great. laughs> so, Cody... Cody, what are your earliest uh, wrestling memories? So I know for me, I think I watched a little bit in 94. And then I didn't watch it for a while till like 2012, I believe is when I 
started watching it again because I, if I'm right, that's when you know they had John Cena and all these other guys. But I think was that our first WWE event we went to? That was in 2012, or was it 2013? I would argue that you watched uh, wrestling throughout all those years. I think your first words in, uh, you know, I don't remember if it's 94, 95, have to ask mom, but I think your first words were, what a rush. Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the Legion of Doom. You watched wrestling. I don't think you remember most of it because Mm -hmm. of your age. Um, And then probably in... uh, you were really, yeah, wrestling was, was, uh, you were really attracted to wrestling because, uh, more than anything else, if wrestling was on, you were tuned in, um, you, you were locked in, um, and you mimic some of the sayings, uh, back then they weren't, uh, you know, all, uh, R rated or PG, whatever, 13. Um, but, uh, I would say, you watched it uh, probably throughout life. I think you probably remember 2012 more because there was a big shift, right? That's when they kind of started mm-hmm. moving away from the attitude era. But prior to that, it was a lot of the, you know, same stories, same people. Uh, you know, it was tail end of the rock and stone cold and all those guys. And then in comes the Cena and the new era um, is probably when you recognize a big shift there, I'm thinking. Yeah. You know, I remember that too, Code. Uh, we would be over at your house for birthday parties or something, and, and wrestling would be on, and you were fixed to the television, <laughs> right? You were glued to watching that stuff. Like Roy said, you may not remember it, but you were submersed in that stuff. And, you know, look, just being truth be told, your dad and I were in the back laughing our tails off because we were loving all of it. With uh, yeah. the rock and stone cold and all that attitude era stuff was really fun to watch. So, yeah, you may oh. only remember 2012, but boy, it's in your veins. <laughs> yeah, I undeniably. So, I, I think uh, the um, when you look back at, uh, I mean, there's so many iconic moments. I just remember, you know, in the 80s, the energy that everybody came to the ring with. You know, all those guys. You know, the the warrior, those guys, they would bolt down to the ring, kick ass and bolt out of there. Yeah. You know, the remember, I mean, when you heard a, a song or an, as somebody's entrance music or whatever, I mean, it just sent chills down your spine. You know, as soon as you heard it, you know, that everything was shifted, you know, the way it was played out. It was there's something really cool about it. Right. The entertainment value. It feels like that's the first time I can remember where they would bring those the like entry music into the fold or the walk up music or whatever and, and you're yeah. right, you hear the glass break and it you know immediately, you know, here comes Stone Cold or you know yeah. just those uh what do they call them? The Road Warrior pop, I guess, right? When you yeah. hear the noise and it just the place goes nuts. Um, I would do this. I get you know, goosebumps as a kid watching it, you know, think, Oh my god, I get to see this, you know. The superstar I've been waiting all day to watch, you know, and here he is, larger than life. You know, as me and Cody were at that uh, 
um, and uh, no, not an AEW event, and Jericho was there. And one of the things when I saw Jericho, I felt like I needed to hear the walls of Jericho, you know, like yeah, the break the walls down. Yeah. yeah. I wanted that when he came out there because it just would have been so cool. I know that's not his thing now, uh, but um, yeah, those were iconic. I mean, every every one of them, and they didn't, you know, it's the one thing that stayed consistent, I think, with wrestling is, you know, everybody's got to have a hook like that. Some guys that, uh, like that Bray Wyatt or whatever, they can't seem to figure out a storyline. They keep mixing it up and changing it. Um, I thought he came out of the gates with a really good one um, in the beginning. And then, uh, you know, that, that whole fell apart, but I think it was because uh, Braun Strowman, they kind of figured out that that guy was somebody that you could hang your hat on. And um, they separated those two and uh, it kind of screwed uh, Bray Wyatt in a lot of ways, um, at least, you know, from what they had going, but uh, yeah. What a, Shane, what about, uh, what do you remember? I mean, we never had, because the Royal Rumble, none of that stuff, all that stuff was pay-per-view back then, right? Yeah, we, you know, we couldn't afford pay-per-views yeah. back in the day. So when when we would watch, you know, I, I'll take it way back. I started watching wrestling when it was on TBS, right? And it was NWA and uh, those Rock and Roll Express and, you know, those kind of guys. <laughs> But, you know, that's when the Road Warriors were out, the whole thing, before they went over to the WWF. So that was the one I could watch all the time. And then you gear up for the Saturday night main event or Friday night main event, whatever that was, to see Hogan and Macho Man and, the, like, the, the really super-duper stars, right? Uh, but I grew yeah. up on the, that NWA going over to my buddy Gary's house, and we would just watch it over and over again. And it was midday. I don't know if they were just reruns. Who knows if it was real time? I mean, it didn't matter to us. <laughs> Right. But, you know, we were watching all these things. I can still remember. I can't remember the guy's name, but his walk up music was that, you know, uh, was it Bob Seger, old time rock and roll was his oh. walk up music. <laughs> I can't remember his name, but God, he was the greatest. And then he had this stick where he was going to be one. He was going to be the champ. But if he lost, he got his hair shaved and he had this long hair. And so, bitch, he lost. <laughs> and he shaved his head. <laughs> on TV and I couldn't believe what I was seeing because it was so real. I mean, they shaved that guy's head and afterwards he looked like an old man and he was no longer cool. But uh, yeah, I remember all that NWA stuff, you know, Magnum TA and God, all these guys, man. I just, uh, Nikita Koloff and oh man. I mean, I that was, that was like the, the introduction, but WWF was, you know, those people there were... It, it took it to another level for me. I had all of those rubber, like the really hard rubber dolls, or not like wrestling figurines, you know? They're maybe yeah. eight inches tall or whatever, right? I had a ton of those and the ring, right? Yeah. And so we had, I mean, the Sergeant Slaughter, and it was King Kong Bundy, <laughs> and it was all these guys, you know, Big John Stud, and all, I mean, all of them, right? And uh, I don't know if I just loaded up on Christmas or something, I, you know, I got a really good thing. That was what it was. And I would take these two guys and I would have this, I'd write it all down and I would have dice and I would all, and you roll the dice. And if you get a certain like number, you do a move and then you would do oh. the move. Right. And then <laughs> if you do this, you roll like snake eyes or something. I can't remember. And then they pin them. And then he had three rolls of the dice to like not be pinned. Or then it would be the champ. Right. And I wow. cut this paper, uh, 
the paper belt out of, you know, and made a belt, <laughs> put it around their waist. I mean, I was so into this stuff that uh, now they're probably worth a fortune if they were uh, still oh, yeah. around. But I, I'm sure the dog got a hold of them and they've been long since tossed in the garbage. But I had a ton of those things. So, uh, you know, so Cody had all these figurines when he was a kid, right? So mm-hmm. I can totally, you know, empathize with all of that stuff. Still man. does. Still yeah. does. Uh, <laughs> I, I loved I loved every bit of it. Yeah. Um, Cody, what, uh, what, what is the, uh, I know, I mean, uh, probably, probably 98 or 99 would have been some of your earliest memories, right? The, mm-hmm. the rock. Yeah. Still somewhere cool. around there. And I never even dreamed of going to an actual event back then, but after being, having been at Shane, as you know, yeah, you, you go to, to a live event, there's nothing like it. No, because you're seeing these people in person, and uh, Michelle and I went to one. We might have been dating. I don't know if we were even married. We went to an event, and uh, I've told the story before at, at uh, some gatherings, but uh, Triple H showed up, right? And he came out, and this was probably the, at the peak of juicing, right? Just those guys were massive. And he came out, and... He came, you know, he does this thing where he like spits the water up in the middle, you know, when, when he first gets on top of the ring and it was right in front of us. And, um, for some reason we just had pretty good seats for that part of it anyway. And when he put his arms out to the sides, his pecs looked like there was, it was like two dishes, just they were huge, like two, uh, hubcaps that were, it was like this, a human being should not be this large. And then he, you know, he went out and he did his thing and kicked ass and went home or whatever. And it was just incredible to this day. I could, I, you know, I could just go right back to that moment of thinking, I can't believe a human being is that large in person. No chance. And sure enough, you know, you think he's going to be larger than life. He was larger than life. No chance that guy sits on an airplane, by the way, without having a whole bunch of elbow room. Right. I, I do remember, um, you know, remember what was it, what was Hulk Hogan's like? Was it twenty one inch pythons? The oh yeah, yeah, like, the twenty six, the twenty six inch pythons. Yeah, 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 twenty six. I remember <laughs> like high school, right? Like early in the, you know, played a little bit of football. You're in the weight room, clanging and banging. Everybody's got to measure their bicep, you know, and you're thinking in your head. I got to get to 26 to be like Hulk Hogan. And, you know, here I was stuck at 25 forever. (laughs) Sure. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Nothing's more deflating than when you go to measure your bicep and it shows up with a single digit. (laughs) I was sure they were putting the tape around the wrong part. Are you sure they just didn't measure that around the shoulders? Like, yeah, that? must be getting the wrong measurement. <laughs> hey, there was a time I had a 26-inch waist, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gotta go back a few years. <laughs> yeah, no, um, but uh, gosh, there were so many. You know, the matches in the 80s 
um, we always saw reruns of what happened at the Rumble and WrestleMania. See, we always saw the aftermath, right? Because we weren't part of the uh, pay-per-view um, things. But, uh, man, in I think in the early 2000s, when they really had some good, you know, when The Rock and Stone Cold were really getting their feet under them, those guys, the monologues, uh, oh my God, like that, that brought me back. Yes. It, it, the, that stuff was, was the, the, really the golden years, the golden era. I mean, the Hogan and, and Macho Man and all that stuff, you know, had its time and place. I think that those, the Rock and, and Stone Cold, the rest of those guys, to me, took it to a whole nother level with uh, what they were doing on the microphone and the whole thing. And even caught the tail end of Ric Flair a little yeah. bit towards the end there and Hogan. NWO and the, the whole thing, a new world order and all that, but that to me was was my favorite era of wrestling. The, the most influential was definitely the early early stuff because that got me into it. Yeah. But my favorite era was that, I guess, the Attitude Era. Not necessarily all the extra crazy stuff they did during the Attitude Era, but just those guys on the microphone. What was cool? What was cool about the '80s when those guys got a mic? You knew they couldn't add two plus two. I mean, it was like yeah. these are just big, dumb, strong guys with yeah. big hair, right? Like every rock band in the 80s. And so yeah. it, it, it was kind of, uh, it, it made it uh, more down to, uh, I guess, uh, I don't know, what are the words I'm looking for here? It just felt like when, when the monologues got more complicated um, and the jokes, you know, were a little more pointed, in yeah. the later 90s, it definitely brought that intelligence level up there where, you know, you really had to pay attention, right? It wasn't just some guy barking and spitting on, on the microphone anymore. Now you got Jabroni Lane and Know Your Role yeah. Boulevard. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah that was, it, it was kind of a cool, uh, a cool shift. I mean, man, kudos to them um, for, for, doing what they're able to do and it's it's cool that we get to relive it through some of that legend stuff absolutely um cody i got a question for you mm -hmm. before i do we got a we got a sponsor for this uh this question oh uh, it's a little bit of role play here roy so please play along um, oh okay this is brought to us by uh, the smackdown hotel uh located at the intersection of know your role boulevard and jabroni lane so uh, uh excuse me sir what is your name as you're checking in? Cody? My name is Cody. It doesn't matter what your name is. <laughs> it doesn't matter what your name is. Hold it up, shine it up, and stick it straight up your candy ass. <laughs> when do you know when the Continental Breakfast is ready? If you smell what <laughs> the rock is cooking. <laughs> You know, I know me and my dad been talking about it. I think it, I know he possibly wants to either do the WrestleMania or possibly WWE Royal Rumble. I mean, it usually depends. I think where it's located and all that stuff, but WrestleMania is on my bucket list though to do. I think it's almost like a Super Bowl, right? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty that much. big of an event. If you 
could make it. Uh, Royal Rumble, though, with how unique it is, where you never know who's coming out every 90 seconds, yeah. whatever the number is, uh, that would be an amazing event to go to, too. But, yeah, Code, I think it would be really cool if, if uh, Seattle or Portland or anything, you know, within a, a quick flight could host it. Boy, that'd be worthwhile. Mm-hmm. So that that's a good point, Shane. Um, we were actually, you know, talking a little bit about this because, um, you know, Cody – you know, it's trying to figure out, you know, if, uh, you know, where, what, what could be, uh, the next, you know, big thing here. And, um, if he gets, he's got a little money in his pocket, you know, we were talking about, uh, WrestleMania. I know that's what he wants to do, but then I was, you know, I brought up, uh, the rumble. I'm like, man, you get a new guy every, you know, 30 second, whatever, you know, I Mm -hmm. thought, man, that's all that's, you get to see everybody, you know, all at uh, one time, you know, going at it. So I thought that would be pretty cool. But then I could see like a WrestleMania. Cody, what were throw some prices out there? Like what and where? What was the location that came up in your first search? So I think on the first search it was like five hundred in the bronze level. So that's like I think it was like the two hundred or three hundred level. I think they said. And then it was like. Yeah. A thousand and something odd dollars for like gold or whatever it was. Wow, and then, that's uh, crazy. And then there's a whole nother level where it's what was it like three or four grand, right? Code, yeah, it was like the champion one, I think they called it. What would it cost to get down close enough to where you get the chair as the souvenir? I think that's like three I, or four thousand, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. I, for sure yeah that's the that, that but anyway so comparatively speaking what was the rumble prices code so rumble i think it was a little bit cheaper i can't remember the pricing note i had for it because this was when it was in san antonio this year yeah i think it was about half from what yeah. i remember Maybe it was because it was in San Antonio, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, as welcome back to part two, as we are talking about WWE, as go ahead and continue, Dad. Okay, yeah, so we we, we, uh, we were fishing around. Cody, where was the WrestleMania this year? So it's going to be in Los Angeles at SoFi uh, Stadium. Oh, that's right. And then there's one, I think there was the one next year in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's the one that we were kind of circling, Shane, is uh, there's one next year in Philly. Um, But yeah, you got to decide if you want to be gold, silver, or platinum or something. And, uh, you know, platinum, you you get carried in the ring by uh, Ric Flair or something. (laughs) No. (laughs) You get a dedicated entrance, they said. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you better at that price. <laughs> and I, I better get a dedicated exit also. <laughs> uh, you get the three count in the middle of the squared circle. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so, Code, did you watch any of the most recent Royal Rumble? Uh, I actually did this year. I I actually watched this year. So it was it was all right, you know. I mean, for the men's side, I think there was not as many NXT superstars, you know, as what they did for the women's Royal Rumble, though. Because with surprises, you never know. 
I saw the highlight of, and I wasn't a big fan of this guy really before, well, really ever, I guess. But and I thought him going into wrestling was going to be a total flop. But Logan Paul, mm-hmm. uh, I think it was Logan Paul, when he jumped off the top rope and they both clotheslined each other from across the ring, yeah, that was the craziest thing I've seen in a long time. And most of that wrestling stuff, you know, and look, it looks like there's nobody has a finishing move anymore, right? It used to be Hogan. Right the leg drop for crying out loud or the rock with the people's elbow, right? It was all that showmanship less more than the, you know, physicality of what the actual move is. But those guys going across the ring and crashing into each other like that was incredible. Yeah. I haven't seen a move like that ever. When was the first time somebody kicked out of a finishing move or um, they didn't get a pinfall? It seems like now it's kind of the norm, right? Everybody does their finish and the guy rolls out and you go, oh, man. But it never used to be like that, right? If if you landed the people's elbow, it was over, right? Or the rock bottom, I guess. But so I wonder what when that uh, when that shift happened. I mean, I imagine it was some years ago, but uh, somebody had to be the proverbial hero there uh but i now you see it a lot more often right mm-hmm. yeah you'd never hear or see anybody uh kick out of the tombstone right when the undertaker yeah. finally drops it right or yeah. uh, well geez you know any of those big time when you can when you know what the wrestling finish name is you knew right. It was over, right if he had one of those yeah you know, it didn't matter how hokey it was i mean it could have been mr socko right that right. finally finished the match <laughs> But at least it was over and you knew it, right? Because he finally got to it. Now, the stuff they're doing in the first two minutes of a match, I mean, it's incredible. Um, Athleticism and all that. I mean, look, I tip my cap, but you don't have to do a one and a half flip off the top rope to start. You know, where's the buildup to something crazy to finish them off? Mm -hmm. One of the the funny um, matches that Cody and I seen live here recently, and I think uh, I talked about this with you a little bit before, was the AEW in Seattle. It was uh, that Darby guy, Cody, right? Darby Darby Allen, yeah. Darby Allen, local guy, Seattle guy, skateboarder, tatted up. He's weighs a buck ten or buck twenty. He's that. I mean, it's it's he's literally that. He's under one fifty. Okay, let's uh-huh. just put that <laughs> yeah. He skates down the ramp and he's taking on Samoa. Well, Samoa Joe comes out last. It's a title match. Everybody, you know, you're like, this is the end of the show. It's sorry, but Samoa's, you know, Joe's gonna kill you. I think is what the crowd is yeah. chanting. <laughs> you know, that's the Joe's gonna kill you. And this Darby guy picked up his skateboard, went up the ramp, met Samoa Joe before he ever got in the ring, and just started laying the wood to him. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what kind of board that was. It looked like my old Veriflex from 1990, <laughs> but <laughs> I, yeah. he did some work with that thing <laughs> and uh, ended up uh, winning the match after all that but uh it it was entertaining because here's this giant man samoa joe and this guy that's just 
running around in circles and he gets caught up every once in a while in a body slam. You know he's not picking up Samoa Joe. He's not going <laughs> to hoist him up on his shoulders. So he's got to do all his work around him, you know, in the vicinity. <laughs> so it was pretty, uh, it was entertaining, you know, it was, and it was unexpected. That's amazing. Well, that's what it should be, right? You shouldn't expect to know exactly how it's going to go. Then it's not as interesting. Right. Yeah, I gotta say there was a couple instances in that. I think Cody, who was the who was the tag team match that uh, they restarted because the referees come out and look at the tape and saw the dude's leg on the rope. Mm-hmm. So that was between the claim and Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal during that time. Oh yeah, good old Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. So. Yeah, that was something I'd never seen before. So, yeah, there was a few firsts in that AEW event. It sounds like the AEW stuff is getting back a little bit more to the roots of, of the, the wrestling that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Maybe, yeah, I don't – I mean, looking on the TV, it looks a little bit more like that, right, where they're trying to hype up and make some legitimate superstars. It just seems like WWE cranks out a lot of different people, and not a lot of them stick. Yeah. Yeah, they're looking for a face, you know, or a personality to ride, and they just haven't found it yet. You know, right. you know they. Uh, there's so many great storylines, you know, when you look right. back at the even the, the Cena's, the Kurt Angles, and, you know, those, they don't really have anybody with a backbone like that, right? No Olympic gold or, you know, any anything like that. They're, they're kind of digging for somebody. I mean, now they got Eddie Guerrero's kid out there. I mean, I, he's not really entertaining to watch, uh, in my opinion. Um, they don't bring a lot to the table. So, yeah, I think that guy's a miss. I mean, I know they're pushing him real hard, but I don't. The storyline is kind of hokey with the, the what's going on with him and the the other gal and her being a little older. And I I just don't get it. I I don't think he's a star. Plus, he's got to hit the gym. I mean, that guy's a. Yes. <laughs> I like my wrestlers just to be jacked. I, I need them yeah. to be, you know, give me wrestlers. Give me larger than life, you know, old, late 90s or uh, late 80s, you know, steroid era. Give me yeah. bodybuilders. That, that's what I want. I don't want people that look like regular Joes. I want people that are massive. They got walk through the airport and you go, holy crap, who is that? <laughs> I, you know, remember, what was it, Marty Jannetty and, uh, he was was he with Shawn Michaels? Yes. Mm-hmm. Early on, yeah. uh, the Rockers, and I remember them. To me, those guys look like you know the Duke boys, <laughs> right. but a little more jacked up, right? But yeah, it was yep. like they, you could see them sliding in the car window and out. Uh, but um, yeah, those but those guys even then were you know as as big as they could probably be with what was available, you know. In, in the underground, <laughs> that, that it just got uh, bigger and uh, better, I guess. Afterwards, but uh, it seems like, yeah, they're they're missing they're missing that they're missing that bulk. Um, mm-hmm. They're missing those guys with that personality that um, can kind of carry a storyline through the, you know, for a couple of years maybe or or whatever they need. Cody, I got a question for you again. You had mentioned maybe uh, talking about favorite rival Mm -hmm. storylines, but 
before we get there, we do have another sponsor for this question. Um, uh, this is brought to you by Macho Man's Coffee Shop. <laughs> Feeling sluggish and can't get to the top rope today? Stop by Macho Man's Coffee Shop. You'll be splashing <laughs> elbow drops on life before you know it. Macho Man's Coffee Shop, where the cream rises to the top. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I think for me, it has to be, so last year, this is way before Cody Rose came to actually WWE, like when he came back, but so last year at WrestleMania, Seth Rollins didn't really know who he was going to face, so it was pretty much a surprise that, you know, Cody Rose was going to make his return at WrestleMania, which a lot of people kind of knew that was going to happen. But after they just kept on rivalry going and going, you know. And I think their very last match at WWE's Hell in a Cell last year, actually, was actually the best one, honestly, which people, a lot of people still talk about because during that time, Cody Rhodes had a torn pectoral shoulder. So we know he was going to be out, honestly, for so long. But I don't think anyone thought he was going to be back towards Royal Rumble-ish. So... I think Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins kind of is the best rival that I kind of enjoyed. Roy, how about you? Favorite rivalry? Man, I I always, I, I guess because of the dialogue, the amount of dialogue, and how I, I think Stone Cold was the first guy I ever saw take, you know, the the beer out to the ring and crush the cans and everything. So uh, it's got to be Stone Cold Austin and The Rock because there was so much good material between the two. And uh, they they always, you know, had that uh, really did a good job of portraying that hatred for one another, you know, in the early um, in the early development years there. Yeah, felt like they played off each other really well, right? They could, you know, one would give it to them and you think, oh, that's the greatest thing you've ever heard. And then the other guy gets the microphone and just keeps on rolling. And it just kind of built in a layer over layer where some of the old YouTube stuff, I mean, still makes me laugh when you watch it. It's so funny. You can go down a, a rabbit hole there. You know, it's interesting, though. I was just kind of thumbing through here. Um, I think. You know, we were talking about, uh, I mentioned who kicked out of a finisher first. And I, I don't know if this is actually the first time it ever happened, but Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels. Apparently, I, I guess um, I forgot, but Shawn Michaels kicked out of a tombstone. Oh, boy. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Me neither. WrestleMania hmm. 25. Hmm. So, yeah, uh, that's what you thought. Like, and when they did, if you know, he he kicks out of that move, the whole place just is probably their jaws are on the floor. Like, who who could yeah. possibly kick out of that move, right? We just like right. we hope drops the uh, the leg drop, right? I mean, that's it. You know, it's time to to walk back up the ramp and the show's over. But no one kicks out of those kind of a uh, things. But yeah, Shawn Michaels was was that whole thing. That was just amazing. The whole era was amazing. Yeah, well, 
And The Rock and uh, Stone Cold, I don't, I don't know. I mean, how deep of a rivalry really they had. Um, but it was definitely two of the top guys in the business at the time um, that you never really seen face, face off of one another. Or, or when they did, it was always after at the end of a match, right? You come out and, uh, you know, give them a stunner or whatever or rock yeah. bottom right at the end of the match, you know, after it's over. And it always built up to this greater match later, right? Uh, another one I really appreciated the the um, creative writing around was when Stone Cold and Mr. McMahon were going mm -hmm. against each other, mm -hmm. and uh, I mean when when he when what was it McMahon was in the hospital and then Stone Cold turned around and he was oh. the doctor <laughs> and then crowns him with the the bedpan perfect timing <laughs> and sound oh that was one of my favorite moments it was just I thought it was really well played right where one always got the, the better of the other back and forth. Uh, but yeah, that's about the same time. I think that uh, when Stone Cold would pull up the beer truck or the Zamboni <laughs> or whatever, right. And, yeah. uh, and just blow up the show. It's just fun. It's like they, they tried to outdo each other every week. Yeah. Well, you know what is cool? Um, also then um, the McMahon himself, I mean, him as a, a playing a role in the storylines because Remember in the 80s, he was always just the reporter, right? He wasn't the owner, the CEO, all that. Yeah. He was just a guy interviewing these guys, to, you know. Is And there was a period where you didn't see him on the screen at all there for a while. And then, um, you know, in the late 90s or, you know, during the Stone Cold and the, the Rocket, all of a sudden he's back and he's in action, right? Yeah. Right? <laughs> Now he's in the ring. He never was a guy that was in the ring. So I, I thought that was kind of a cool turn, you know, when they started bringing uh, McMahon out, out from behind the the, the, the curtain there and uh, laying the smackdown, so if you will. And he was super jacked, too, when he, yeah. you know, decided to come down. As this older guy, he's just yoked, uh, you know, probably juiced out of his mind. But uh, And the, I, the other part I liked was when he brought his son out, Shane O'Mac, right? And because yeah. I thought it was just cool that there was another guy on TV named Shane. But <laughs> <laughs> I was the only one in the world, there, and there was no famous people to shoot for. Yeah, Shane O'Mac. Yeah, I love I love Shane McMahon because just because of his first name, that's it. I'm pretty sure, uh, yeah, Triple H and uh, Vince McMahon back then shared the same nutritionist, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. I think it's the same nutritionist that uh, Braun Strowman is dialing up right now because that guy has lost like, I don't know, 100 pounds. Yeah, just about. He's just lean. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a, well, we've seen him live. I mean, that's a big dude, right? And, and now he's rolling with like three percent body fat. That guy's something else. I, the, you know the one, um, the only wrestler I've seen outside of um, outside of the uh, the ring, you know, outside anywhere. Oh, I seen the Big Show one time in Houston in the airport. Just cross paths. How huge is that guy? Oh, I mean, he was. I mean, I'm not a small man. But um, this guy, I mean, cleared the aisles. He was he was over. It looked 
I don't know what his official height is, but he was over seven feet and he had an entourage around him, you know, but he was motoring through, you know, making the gate changes, you know, as we all do in those places. But uh, just happened to be walking with my head down, looked up and almost walked into the side of the entourage there. And there's the big show going by. And it was like, whoa. That's the big show. Uh, so, speaking of airports, yeah. how does that guy fit on any plane that's ever been built? Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I'm sure he was going right to the uh, the private sector over there on the, <laughs> on the other yeah. end over there. I don't know where they have it there in Houston, but uh, yeah, he must have drawn the short straw if he was in a in the airport with the the rest of us. Yeah, he's paying his dues because uh, I don't know how a guy like that even fits his uh, shoulders inside the plane opening to get off the gate into the plane. Can, can you imagine have, having that seat even uh, near? Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, if listen, if he was in the economy class and he's in the window seat and I'm in the aisle seat, um, there ain't nobody in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> Look. I don't know what it is when I get on a plane by myself for work and uh, I'm in my seat and I look, you know, at the people coming down the aisle. It's inevitable, Roy. It's the female version of the big show is the one that's going to sit right next to me. And I'm telling you, when she puts her butt down on the seat, it, there's no coming up, right? You're, you're locked in, <laughs> baby. You better have already gone to the bathroom. You don't need uh, an extra drink of water. You are not moving, buddy, because We're that seat is taken. <laughs> I don't care how long the flight is. We're not doing this dance. <laughs> I try my best to, like, you know, as they're walking up the aisle, I'm trying to not make eye contact, trying to just pray into the Lord above that that's not what the seat that they're taking. <laughs> Every single time, that's their seat. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Cody, Cody uh, what uh, what does uh, st- what does uh, storyline even uh let's say from the attitude era what what do you remember from there what was your favorite rivalry Uh, from the attitude era i think it was pretty much the stone cold versus you know the rock or stone cold versus mr mcmahon honestly those are the two i think i remember from attitude era well it's funny because you had the big show. You had, uh, gosh, I'm trying to remember. I mean, there was there was some. You had Kurt Angle. You had um, well, John Cena. Maybe not yet. I think um, Cena came in in 2003, like right after. So you had Jericho, though he was he he was the Y2K guy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there was a lot of there was guys that had and still have careers in wrestling. But, uh, yeah, The Rock and Stone Cold just kind of took over. <laughs> yeah, I don't, well, I, don't, I don't know what the next, uh, the next topic or if we're going to lock it down, but we do have one more sponsor to get to, Cody. I don't know what else is on the agenda, though, before we get to it. So I think for the last topic we should talk about you know entrances that possibly gave us goosebumps during 
whatever air it was. Uh, all right, yeah, I'll start. Uh, but first, our, our sponsor is uh, Stone Cold's Texas Rattlesnake Boots. If you ever need to show up, kick ass, and leave, try Stone Cold's Texas Rattlesnake Boots. When you hear the glass break, you know someone is wearing Stone Cold's Texas Rattlesnake Boots. <laughs> Stomping mud holes and walking them dry since 1992. Only available in size 316. <laughs> so, for me, I'll go way back. When I heard the um, the the entry music for the, the Road Warriors, uh, both in the NWA and in the WWF back then, and they called the Road Warrior pop now, right? Because every time they did that, the place just went bonkers. I still couldn't believe that there was, you know, dudes with a mohawk and a reverse mohawk wearing shoulder pads with six-inch spikes on them. I just thought those guys were the coolest MFers alive. So for me, it was the the entry that uh, I always go back to is the greatest, in my opinion, is, uh, is was the Road Warriors uh, because of just how much the people went bonkers when those guys showed up. Roy, how about you? Well, for me, I think uh, Shawn Michaels. I mean, the uh, wait, so you know I'm sexy. The, you know <laughs> that. Uh, that intro, man, when that came, when that when that hit, uh, yeah, definitely uh, that 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 one re always resonated with me. Like I could pick up right away who was coming, uh, and uh, it just uh, I, it it always had a really cool uh, feel to it. You know who else? Uh, the the Shawn Michaels was their favorite entry was uh, Zach Wilson. Uh, feeling like a sexy boy. I just want to get a, another Zach Wilson reference in there and keep the streak alive. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, I think for me, my favorite intro, I think, is honestly a current one, but honestly, Seth Rollins honestly probably has the best entrance. I mean, Usually, I know the last Raw we went to, you know, you had everybody singing with him pretty much, but <laughs> but I think, um, honestly, Seth Rollins probably has the best entrance out there right now. I love it. I love it. I could talk wrestling for hours and hours and hours. Well, the, the, who's, I'm trying to think who has a really, I guess Seth Rollins, he's got a pretty good hook now. Um, Man. Yeah. Well, the so, one I like right now is, uh, but I haven't seen him in a while for WWE. Is the uh, his name's Matt something? He's like a surfer dude. Oh, Riddle, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, Matt Riddle. I don't know if he got hurt or something. But I haven't seen him in a while, but I like that guy's uh, shtick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, dude. The coolest thing that he does is when he's got those flip flops on and he jumps in the air and kicks his kicks them both off at the same time <laughs> yes that, it doesn't get much better than that yeah no he's got a really cool intro i like how he always comes with bro right the, the original yeah. bro yeah and then they had a tag team of rk bro yeah I thought that was clever. <laughs> yeah what what has happened to him coach 
So I think for Riddle, I think he might be still in rehab, I believe, because I know they had him. For an injury or rehab for poor personal decisions? Yeah. No decisions, mostly. I mean. Oh, no. Okay, good. Because that's the kind of rehab I can get behind. Yeah. That's, and then Orton. I know Randy Orton. I don't know what's going on with him yet. And he's been gone probably longer though than Riddle has though. I mean, he's been Orton's been doing the business for so long though. I mean, he possibly might get his retire. I mean, I just don't know yet. Well, the other the other um, tag team like intro music, I think you got to go back to like DX. Like mm-hmm. they always had like a a shock factor when they hit yep. the music. And I loved how like uh, guys like the Road Dog would come in and have his whole speech, <laughs> and everybody knew you know every word of it, and it was the same every time. And we went to a show right where the Road Dog yep. showed up out of nowhere. Yeah, he did this spiel, and everybody just jumped right in. I thought that was so cool. Yeah, good stuff. All right, well, it's been fun. Yeah. yeah, this was a great episode. I really, I could talk this stuff for hours. All right, as we hope everyone enjoyed this episode. As if you have any of your favorite memories, make sure you use the comic section on Spotify before you do listen to this episode or after. However you prefer, as we will catch you next time on another podcast episode.